it is good to see all of you out tonight. We're glad that you're here with us. Our study for tonight continues our one word series. Our one word for tonight is gospel. A word that we're familiar with and yet it is good to be reminded of its meaning and and certainly what it means to us as Christians. The gospel can be simply defined as good news. And certainly it is good news. The message of good news that Christ has come offering salvation to mankind. The gospel is referred to in various ways throughout scripture. Have first of all the, the books that present the message of Christ. We think of the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We also might think of the gospel of the kingdom. Matthew 4:23. 9.35, Mark 1.14. The Gospel of Peace, Ephesians 6 and verse 15. The Gospel of the Grace of God, Acts 20 and verse 24. The Gospel of God or the Gospel of Christ, 1 Peter 4.17, Romans 15.19, 1 Corinthians 9.12 and others. Paul refers to this message as my gospel or our gospel. Romans 2, 16, 16, 25, 2 Timothy 2, 8, and 2 Corinthians 4, 3, 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, 2 Thessalonians 2, 14. I don't expect you to write all those down. Paul also warns of a different gospel in 2 Corinthians 11, 4, Galatians 1, and verse 6, and, and how we must be aware of the fact that there is a different gospel and not to be not to be moved by it. What the gospel means to me and defining the gospel uh, usually in defining anything we might have a, a, a different way of, of defining something or, or maybe a way that applies more so to us personally. But when I think of the word gospel I think of an opportunity for salvation. That Christ came to bring to all salvation and what must be done to obtain it. Hope of eternal life. When forsaken by man, I have a friend who loves me and was willing to die for me and always cares. And I hope that that we all feel the same way in that regard to the gospel. But as we get into our lesson for tonight, what is the gospel exactly? Beyond the fact that it is defined as good news, and certainly it is, what is the gospel? And in defining what is the gospel, we could easily say the story of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Uh, this was partially our scripture reading. 1 Corinthians 15 and beginning with verse 1 we read this. Moreover brethren I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you which also you received and in which you stand by which also you are saved if you hold fast that word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received 
that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that He was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that He was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then, then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. Verse 9, For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach. And so you believed the gospel. What is the gospel? It's the message of Christ. Christ died for the sins of the world. As according to prophecy written before time. He was buried in a tomb. He was thought to be dead. And by all accounts he was. But he rose again the third day as promised and was seen by many following his resurrection. You see, Jesus lives today. Our Savior is living today. You read any story, any book, and most of the time there's a hero. Sometimes that hero survives, sometimes they don't. But when it comes to Jesus, he lives. The hero may live in a fantasy type setting, but our Savior really lives. We read more uh, about this message and Peter's message in the establishment of the church in Acts chapter 2. We won't read the whole chapter, but let's pick up reading with verse 22. Acts 2 and verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you, you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David. But he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, 
and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. There are eight points that I want to bring out for you from this chapter. First of all, we learn from verse verse 22 that Jesus was a man. We also learn from verse 22 that God revealed who Jesus was as His Son through miraculous works, wonders, and signs. Number three, we find in verse 23 that all was done according to God's predetermined plan. Not just a a random occurrence, not just something that happened to come about. This was something that was a part of God's plan. Also in verse 23, mankind, and particularly those present on Pentecost, had crucified the Christ. And even we find that, that because of our sins, we also are guilty. In verse 24, God had raised him again. Also found in verse 32, and in so doing, defeating death. Verse 32, Peter himself and others had been witnesses to this resurrection. In verse 33, we find that Christ was exalted to the right hand of God and the Holy Spirit was sent as promised. Finally, in verse 36, Jesus is Lord and Christ. Because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we are offered new life. Salvation through faith and obedience to the gospel message. The church was founded upon this faith in Christ as promised, as we read in Matthew 16, verse 18. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. That was a promise, and it was fulfilled. Let's notice some characteristics of the gospel. There are certain things that that as I was was preparing this lesson that came to my mind, I wanted to share with you. First of all, the authority of the gospel. The authority of the gospel. As it is scripture, we know this to be inspired of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All Scripture 
is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. It is authority. It is given by the authority of God. It is inspired of God. The apostles were given authority to share this good news with the world. In the Great Commission in Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20, And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority or all power, depending on your translation, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. All authority had been given to Christ. Jesus gave His apostles authority to carry the message of the gospel to the world. And we share this responsibility today going into all the world with the good news of salvation. Why would we not want to share that with other people? Let's notice also the power of the gospel. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Romans 1 and beginning with verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. There are a couple of different things that can be brought out of this, but, but above all, the gospel has the power within it to save everyone who believes. It wasn't just for the Jews. The Jews thought it was because they were God's people. But the gospel was for all nations, for the Gentiles as well, for all people. And certainly we find as, as evidence, even looking into Acts, and you look at the conversions and you see with Cornelius' household, that the gospel was brought to them and they were able to obey it. It has the power within it to save all who believe. How? How does it have this power? Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. We've already looked at the Great Commission from Mark's account in Matthew 28. Let's notice Mark's account. Mark 16, 15 and 16. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Notice especially what it says in verse 16. 
We have very similar to what we read earlier in verse 15. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. But in verse 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. If anyone is going to be saved by the power of the gospel, it's by, first of all, faith. You've got to believe. You've got to believe in the gospel. You've got to believe in Christ as the Son of God. But you also must be obedient. Some beliefs and religions take out the obedience part, trying to make it easier. But we're very clearly told in verse 16, He who believes and is baptized, will be saved. On the other hand, he who does not believe will be condemned. He who does not believe is also not going to be willing to be obedient. But if we are to be saved, it must be through faith and obedience. We understand that the gospel does have great authority behind it and there is great power in it to save all who believe. But I want us to also notice the gospel and prophecy. We mentioned earlier from what Peter had to say in his sermon on the day of Pentecost that this was something that, that was predetermined by God and certainly it was. We see in the Old Testament evidence of the gospel Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. Isaiah 9, and beginning with verse 1. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed, as when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandal, from the noisy battle and garments rolled in, rolled in blood, will be used for burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. We have evidence here that Jesus was to come. Isaiah 53 details the sufferings of the Son of Man. 
and is dying for our sin. We understand that this was a predetermined plan that was set in motion with Jesus' conception. Turn with me for a moment to Luke chapter 1. Let's notice verses 30 through 35. Luke 1 and verse 30. Angel was speaking to Mary. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Let's look further into Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. To Joseph... An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sin. His plan was predetermined before time. Jesus is the very same promised one spoken of in Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. And we understand the gospel to be good news. And it is good news. It is good news for the one who is lost. It is good news because he can know. He can be assured that in obedience to the gospel, he will be saved from his sins. It is good news for the wayward because they know that they can repent. They know that they can return to the fold of God by the power of the gospel. But when we think of good news, how often do we find that good news also comes with bad news? Maybe you've received good news but also received bad news with it to some degree. And as far as the gospel is concerned, it's not any different than any news we might receive today. And that along with the gospel and the good news of salvation, there is also bad news. 
Romans 6 and verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The good news, the gift of God is eternal life. To those who believe, to those who obey, the gift of God is eternal life. But the bad news in regard to the gospel is that the wages of sin is death. For those who do not believe, or those who choose not to believe, or choose not to obey, for those that continue living in their sin, the wages of sin is death. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you your troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power when He comes in that day to be glorified in His saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. We see good news mingled with bad news. question, the question of the hour, what are you going to do about it? Hearing the gospel and knowing the gospel, if you've not obeyed it, believe it. Confess your faith in it. Obey it. Repent. Be baptized for the remission of your sins. That's according to Acts 2.38, what Peter told the crowd on the day of Pentecost. Be faithful. Be faithful unto death, and you'll be given a crown of life. Romans 2 and verse 10. Revelation 2 verse 10. Preach it. If you've obeyed the gospel, if you know the power of the gospel, if you know the good news, share it with others. Do not be ashamed of the gospel, but share it with those who have never heard it. Preach the gospel. For those of us who have obeyed, those of us who remain faithful, it is up to us to preach the gospel. I want to close with the words of Isaiah 52, verses 7 through 10. Isaiah 52, beginning with verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of Him who brings good news who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, Your God reigns. Your watchmen shall lift up their voices. 
With their voices they shall sing together, for they shall see eye to eye. When the Lord brings back Zion, break forth into joy, sing together, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted His people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has made bare His holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Paul also quotes this passage in Romans chapter 10. How can people know the gospel if they are not taught the gospel? Hearing, believing, obeying. We still need to preach the gospel today. It's not up to those that stand in the pulpit to fulfill this role on their own. It's up to each of us as Christians to preach the gospel of Christ. Have you been saved by the power of the gospel? Have you been obedient to the plan of salvation? Have you been baptized for the remission of your sins? If not, this is a great opportunity to do so. But if you have obeyed the gospel, are you a faithful child of God? Are you doing those things that please Him? Maybe there's something amiss in your life, something that's just not right. Maybe it's something that you can take care of on your own, but maybe it's something that you need help with. Maybe you need prayer. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness. The gospel is open to you. The Lord's invitation is open to you. If you're in need of responding, we give you that opportunity as together we stand and as we sing.